to Z, a flavor odyssey. And the odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome Whoa. to another episode, pardon my chair, of Flavor Odyssey. Your host, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host, Randy Griggs. Oh, right there. Uh, coming to you from Lot B and Lot B- minus out here in California. Uh, Lot B Studios brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate, Randy. Drew Estate Cigars, the rebirth. The rebirth of cigars. Of cigars. Indeed. The, Indeed. You and your pause, man. I just don't just get it. Why does it take be... you eight seconds to get to the next line? Well, maybe you should just <laughs> learn because I'm the host. You need to accommodate me. Let's wow. put on our big boy pants and let's get yeah. it done. <laughs> Episode Z. Randy Z is in Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead. Uh, when was the last time you watched Pulp Fiction? A month ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't watched oh. it in a while. Such a great movie. So Such good. Great. Episode Z, we've made it all the way through the alphabet, Randy. Oh, I don't even think I realized that this is the last episode of the season. Well, of the alphabet, at least. Z wasn't the, uh, didn't kind of <laughs> shine some lights and like a red flag for you? Uh, not really. Yeah, well, not really. I'm still trying to get my camera situated here. Um, <clears throat> want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode. Uh, man, letter Z, we are here all the way through the alphabet. Today's pairing, just to kind of give you guys a primer, which uh, you already know, we're smoking the Xeno Platinum Scepter Series, Grand Master size in the Robusto. That's uh, from the fine folks over at Davidoff. And we are drinking, Randy, the the very hard-to-find... If you are anywhere outside of Illinois or Michigan, uh, it's actually from Indiana. I Damn it. said that. Yeah, I know. You're out, outside of wherever Randy tells me that this brewery is, uh, Three <laughs> Floyds, uh, the Zombie Dust Pale Ale, which we are uh, very, very excited to be. Look at that, the graphic on that. It's very aggressive. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of uh, one of the, I know you don't really get into this, Randy, but one of the forks from Lord of the Rings with the. With the uh, crown on back there, he's kind of Lord of the Rings-ish to me. Very interesting that you should mention that. So uh, I, I was going to save this, but one of the fun little facts that I found in doing the research for today's show and in uh, Three Floyd Zombie Dust, not only did I find out that I've like four different times misstated that it's from Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, and, and but turns out it's from Munster, Indiana. Indeed. Um, the... That label that was just on the screen was actually penned by a comic book artist. This is actually a collaborative effort between Three Floyds Brewery and oh, I know Tim, Tim Seeley. You know him. I do know him. So he actually did. I mean, the bigger the bigger deals that he's done <laughs> is um, from 2003 to 2007, he did the comic book illustrations for G.I. Joe. Wow. He also he also did uh, Transformers, but he did Forgotten Realms, the Dark Elf trilogy. Mm. So not quite Lord of the Rings, but I think very much in that same genre and vein. Yeah, I feel like that's a a Drizzt the Elf kind of thing, but I'm not sure. That's you're getting into a, a realm, Randy, that I'm not too familiar with. Oh boy. But I, did you like that? That was good. That was, uh, that was pretty good. That, that pretty just good. played so well, so well. So we're here with episode Z. We have 
run all the way through the alphabet. <clears throat> Thank you all for uh, going on this ride with us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Randy, you want to? I know we we talked a little bit about this. Do you want to talk about the uh, kind of in between season, the wild card episodes a little bit? Sure. We've got, so uh, we've got a few episodes lined up. Randy will uh, will run through the starting next week, of course. Yeah. So um, as everyone watching knows. Um, we have run this whole first season. Uh, we started with numbers actually. So this is our 27th episode, even though it's letter Z, we started with numbers and, um, and we're going to do 32 full episodes, uh, before we call it the end of the season. And we wanted to do some fun things as the year's gone on. Uh, the whole team has talked about some fun pairings that we'd like to do that the alphabet just limits us. Um, to be able to execute. And so we thought we'd do uh, an additional six episodes before we start again for season two with uh, number. That was the five, right. I keep messing it up because we say 32. We're going back. What's, there's, we there's, forgot about the numbers episode. Right. screwed everything up. Right. Math exactly. is so hard, dude. It's so <laughs> hard. Randy, we don't, we don't actually count the numbers episode. That was sort of like the pilot. So See, this is why it's all confusing. That it, yeah. No, no, it's less confusing because, like, you know, every letter, it's 20, there's 26 letters, so every letter is its actual, like, this, this is 26, officially. Because we, we right. considered the pilot episode zero, zero, zero. zero. So we are on so episode uh, officially twenty six. So when we go into season two and we do we start off with a number episode, is that season two pilot? No, um, that we may not do a numbers episode. Then we I don't know. We'll have to just uh, we'll have to figure that one out later. That might be a wild card at the end of season two. Or oh, something. there we go. Perfect. Either way, it, it all works out either way. Yeah. Yeah. So we so we do have uh, six more shows coming up that will be outside of the alphabet specifically um and we got some fun stuff like you said rob you know i'm uh we've got uh one of the one of the concepts we're really excited about is challenging each other as uh as our little bar on the bottom i can see is up on the screen right now uh we play this up as you're the cigar expert and i'm the beer expert on the show and so i'm going to challenge rob to a uh to a pairing uh challenge where i bring a beer of my choice and challenge Rob to find a cigar that would pair well, well with that beer. And we're going to rate him at the end of it. And we're going to give Rob a thumbs up or a thumbs down and uh, see how well he was able to uh, pair those flavors. And then, you know, he's going to return the return fire on me and bring a cigar that I have to pick a beer and, and bring to light. What else do we have on the docket there, Rob? We're going to revisit... Um... A couple of uh, elements from season one. There's uh, one particular beer that we felt got a little bit shortchanged in the pairing, and and one particular cigar that we felt got a little bit shortchanged in the pairing. So we're going to revisit those uh, and try to pair them a little bit better without those constraints of the of the alphabet. Um, is that it? No, there's one more. There, we've got the special episode, Randy. That uh, this is going to take a little bit of work on our end, and we're on everybody's end. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, on your end too. You guys are going to get a shopping list, and we're hopeful oh. that we can pull this off. Um, but uh, I don't want to let too much of that out in case we can't pull it off. <laughs> so we'll just uh, we're kind of hedging our bets a little bit. But we've got a uh, um, it's more of a flavor recognition type of episode. Is that a good way to describe it, Randy? 
Yeah, well, I mean, ju- just to kind of put a little thing out there. So obviously, uh, I work in the beer industry and have done sensory evaluation trainings and presentations for years and years. And it's one of my favorite things in the world to help um, to help people have an aha moment and really uh, learn something about uh, flavor, about how they perceive flavor and aroma and taste and, and uh, how that all kind of comes together to, you know, um, culminate in what, what we experience as flavor. And so, um, so we are going to try and execute a presentation and exercise where, to Rob's point, you know, we will uh, publish a shopping list for everybody ahead of time. And we're going to walk everybody through the concept is kind of like more of a cooking channel setup rather than our, our typical sit down smoking a cigar. Um, one of the fun things, Rob, you know, Eric and I were talking about, it's something that the whole family can do. So, you know, uh, you, you can you can bring the kitties out and uh, everyone can get their their little their little uh, kits ready to do some flavor exercises because there will be no tobacco or alcohol as part of the experience, uh, um, as part of the exercise. And so, uh, it, it, if we can pull it off, it's going to be a ton of fun. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Billy, there was a comment that just popped up. It said, Bill, he asked me what the rope is for. Um, I'm guessing there's some rope in my background. Oh yeah. Right behind think, you, oh, you're Pliny the Elder. That's, that's it's an extension cord. cord. Yeah. yeah. The extension hey. cord is for power. <laughs> but you can if I, you can imagine if it was a rope though it might be for something else <laughs> you know it could be for uh, you know for a roping cattle I just can't imagine Robbie roping cattle I don't know no <laughs> no I, city it's, it's, it conjures up images of city slickers uh, before we get too deep just want to uh, have uh, ask a, a little request of the audience if you guys could go ahead and click that little share button down at the bottom i think right of your screen share this show with uh on your uh, facebook page so your friends and uh family and uh everybody who is either interested or not interested can check it out i want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, via podcast as well uh we appreciate you guys <clears throat> you guys give us an excuse to come out here and and kind of be silly and and talk a little bit once a week so we really do appreciate that Hey, hey, Randy, uh, is, yeah. the, is there any way that you can point your camera down just slightly? Because you're, you're real low in the, in the screen there and the comments go over your face. Is, is that too hard to do? Or? Yo, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if, if we're going to be making requests, welcome yeah. to a live show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I'll, can, we, I'll go into a little bit about the cigar while you do that. Yeah, well, while I do that, uh, Jordan, if you could actually switch my screen, I can't see the comments. Uh, so the change that we made last week, if we could try and redo that so I have visibility to our screen. Uh, and then, Rob, take it away. So uh, as I said, we're smoking the Xeno Platinum Scepter Series. <clears throat> and we're smoking the Grandmaster, which is the Robusto size. I beg your pardon, 5.5 by 52. So this one has got a uh, Dominican, uh, or I beg your pardon, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Um, Connecticut binder, uh, filler from the Dominican, and also from Peru. It is a, a beautiful-looking cigar, as you can see in that photo. There it comes. It actually is available to purchase in a ten or twelve-count tin, which I think is pretty sweet-looking. Um, and then there's the three packs, uh, like you can see in the photo there. Uh, a very good cigar comes from the folks at Davidoff. 
uh, Zeno Platinum Scepter Series. I couldn't find out when this cigar was released, but I think they've been around for quite a while. They, they're available in a bunch of different sizes, and I think this is pretty much the kind of standard Xeno uh, Platinum release. And I mean, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but based on the research that I did, that's the uh, the info that I could find. Beautiful cigar. <clears throat> it is. Um, this is my first time smoking this particular size, and I'd smoked this uh, cigar in the past. It is very medium, medium minus on the strength, almost probably mild, more like. Uh, but it's got a fair amount of flavor to it where you uh, might feel like you're smoking a cigar that's got a little bit more strength behind it. It's got maybe medium <clears throat> medium on the body, um, nice smoke production, a lot of nice flavors. For me, that first, I'm about, I don't know, I don't know, I, I'm about an inch in. And the the main flavor component that I'm getting from this is... It's like toasted bread with a little bit of honey on it. Mm. It's just super, super nice. It's got a, a really kind of creamy texture. There's some cedar notes in there as well, but you get that that toasted bread, a little bit of honey sweetness, not too much. Uh, just really, really, uh, really nice flavor profile so far. Not over the top by any means. Um, I mean, we, there's a reason we didn't pair this with a stout or a porter. Um, <clears throat> And, I mean, we're going with a pale ale, which is it's a pretty aggressive pale ale, but, uh, I mean, we'll see how this pairing goes. But uh, for me, this is definitely a first uh, smoke of the day, but it is uh, very enjoyable. Uh, higher end on the price point, I think they're about 15 bucks per stick, um, but I think you can probably find them in a bunch of different places that may offer a, a more approachable price point. Randy, did you get your camera all squared away there? Uh yeah, I I made an adjustment. You, guys you look great, tell man. How... You look great. Excellent, excellent. I still can't see the the notes on the screen, but we'll uh looking... we'll We're we'll go through it. and yeah yeah we'll 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 count on Eric and Jordan to let us know when there's some questions here for us. Um, but uh but yeah, I'm seeing the same thing that you are on on price points. About a fifteen dollar cigar comes in boxes of twelve. Um, it is it is more mild than I was expecting actually, and. Yeah, I, I... Uh, Kevin just said he called them very mild and very flavor forward. So that's a perfect way to describe it. It's yeah, super. There's mild. a lot of flavor. Yeah, but there is a ton of flavor happening in here, and there is a bit of a nutty note in there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I get I get some creaminess. I get uh, definitely the the baked bread. Is I'm not getting a ton of that t honey. It's um, it's it's pretty mild. It's woody. Don't worry it's about it. Nutty. You'll get there. <laughs> As my palate develops, Indeed. Uh, yeah. So um, that's the cigar. Talk a little bit about the beer next, I guess. For yeah, letters C. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So we chose Zombie Dust. I uh, got to give a huge shout out to our boy Wayne Brock, the WB. Uh, he is a Chicago native and was kind enough to go and hunt these down for us and actually shipped these out to California for the show. So we're very grateful for uh, for Wayne for his effort in um, helping us get the show together. The The beer itself is 5.2% alcohol and 50, 6.2% alcohol and 50 IBUs. Uh, 6.2% alcohol. 50 IBUs is, 
as you said, aggressive. It is an assertively hopped pale ale. Uh, that actually, that number actually seems kind of low to me. Based for, on for for what you're tasting on your palate. Yeah. Yeah. The um. So to be clear, international bittering units is the measurement of hops, uh, more specifically of lupulin in, in the beer, and so that's the level of bitterness. Uh, but we do talk a lot about perceived bitterness in beer. As uh, we've said many times on the show, you know, you could have a high level, um, a high number in the IBU category and not have it come across as bitter stout. because, yeah, stout is a perfect example because sweetness will balance out bitterness. Um, I would say this is a pretty dry um, pale ale. And so that 50 IBUs is coming across as pretty aggressively bitter. Um, I wouldn't say h- harsh but it is aggressively bitter. Uh, pale ales will typically fall between the 35 and 40 range for the most part. Um, this is a little bit uh, orange in color, so you can tell there is some caramel malts in there. Um, but again, it, it finishes pretty dry, so it has a very long, lingering bitterness that uh, isn't being balanced all that well by the sweetness, in my opinion. Yeah, but, it's... Um... <clears throat> Uh, I, I actually have a question for you, Randy, since you're a beer judge. Now, why wouldn't this be considered an IPA? Well, if you look at, um, so ABV has a lot to do with how uh, IPA is differentiated from Imperial IPA or from Pale Ale. Um, out there where Jordan and Eric are in Colorado, you've got uh, Oscar Blues Brewery. They have a 6.5% um, Pale Ale in Dale's Pale that uh, that most people kind of consider an IPA. 6.2 is a little bit light. If you look at Sierra Nevada, that's 5.2% alcohol. Oh. So 6.2 is getting pretty close. It's teetering to, on the brink. It, it really is. It really is, yeah. So, um, so it's a little bit lighter in ABV than a typical IPA, but a little bit heavier in bitterness than a typical pale ale. Um, so at Three Floyds Brewery, they opened in 1996. It's kind of interesting. 95, uh, we saw the the bubble of microbrew. We refer to it as is uh, about a third of all the breweries in the country closed in a two to three year span. Wow. And and back then, you know, there wasn't as much focus on consistency and quality and, and having labs. You know, today it's becoming more and more common that uh, even the smallest of breweries have at least a makeshift little lab where they can do some basic uh, quality control. And, um, and back then, it ha- that hadn't really become that accessible to small breweries. So you had a lot of breweries out there making mediocre to bad beer. And, um, and you know, people stopped, you know, realized that, that good beer was out there for them. So they stopped patronizing those places. So it's always kind of interesting to me when you see someone a brewery that is still going and has uh, a big fan base like Three Floyds does uh, still succeeding because they came in right as everybody was basically failing and found a way to, to succeed. And uh, I did a little bit of reading on their uh, on their website. And, you know, they started with as hodgepodge and Frankenstein of equipment, as you <laughs> could imagine. Uh, you know, it had, they refer to their uh, boil kettle as a wok um, uh, industrial wok uh, cut kettle and <laughs> open awesome. fermenters that were made for uh, for Swiss cheese, not for beer. And you know they they just kind of pieced together uh, what they could get their hands on. 
I started making great beer. You know, Three Floyds is a really well-respected brewery throughout the country. Makes some uh, some strong cult-followed beers, including Zombie Dust. Uh, they make a beer called Dark, Dark Lord, Lord, which is their imperial stout. Um, they're very, very well known for. Um, but they're not messing around with this beer, man. I, I, I they, they, they refer to it as uh, as gushing, intensely hopped. And gushing with flavor, it's like, yeah, Indeed. yeah, it's it's that for sure. <laughs> now this this falls into that category, Randy, of uh, <clears throat> of beers that, uh, and maybe not so much these days, but in you know within the past five or six years, where um, you know the the beer geeks around the country are looking for um, all that different local stuff they can't get their hands on. So, for example, out here for us, it's Pliny the Elder. Um, you know, over on the East Coast, it's um, and I always forget the name, and you always have to remind me. Hetty Topper. Thank you, Hetty Topper from Alchemist. I always remember it's Alchemist, but I forget the name Hetty Topper for some reason. Uh, Sip of Sunshine from Lawson's was another one for me that I. These are beers that I had to track down, you know, in the, three or four years ago to be able to get my hands on. And still with Zombie Dust, uh, you'll never see this out here in California. Uh, we do see Hetty Topper um, <clears throat> during San Francisco Beer Week. They right. uh, they get some of that out here, which is kind of cool. I had some of that this year. Very good beer. Um, mm-hmm. now, is that the one that said drink straight from the can? Yes. Initially. Yes, it because and it, it was it, hazy and they didn't want people I, to see that it was hazy. Exactly. Hazy I, I, selling point. Exactly, exactly. So they basically yeah. kind of invented this whole flavor profile. And maybe I, I could be speaking out of turn. You know the history better than I do. But uh, when, I, when I initially tried that, it said drink straight from the can. And I thought, that's kind of weird that they would say yeah. that. But it was because they didn't want people to look at it. Yeah, no, that that was a hazy IPA years before uh, that style caught on, and and anyone was trying to make that. It was uh, hazy IPA before hazy IPA was a thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't even a term. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It's it's interesting to uh, to to look at this industry that I mean, you and I both make our livelihoods in it, and to see how fast it's evolving. And I've only been in this industry for Treehouse is perfect, uh, Bob. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Treehouse yeah. is another one with the uh, the Julius uh, mm-hmm. is the one, the main one that everybody knows from them. But I think everything I've had from Treehouse, Trillium is another one that's very good. Um, kind of uh, all those uh, Northeast and Vermont and that area. Um, Tree Treehouse used to just sell from their brewery. They didn't distribute at all. And I don't know if yeah. it's, I'm guessing they've changed that model. Yeah, they've. Um... I mean, they went from like a 10 or 15 barrel brewery to they built a full production, like massive place. But I will tell you, I have seen, I couldn't cite the numbers off the top of my head, but I've seen their numbers of what they sell at their pub and at their tap room. It's ungodly. It, it's unreal. It's astronomical. That's the best way to say it. It's unreal the barrels that they're able to move just over their counter there. And I'm sure there's a ton of take home beer and crowler activity. And uh, I'm not sure all the different they formats that they distribute. make it available. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. They still don't distribute. He's local. So yeah. Yeah. Bob. Wow. Knows. Wow. Cause I, cause I know I, I had read about the, uh, like that kegs or anything. I mean, they've got to distribute kegs, right? Yeah. Come on. They have to. Cause they built, they built a trillium a starting to, to, to distribute. Well, trillium I think has been distributing the whole time. Uh, but, yeah, I think with with uh, with with Treehouse, they've got to be at least shipping out kegs. At least they 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 may Randy go on the the seller maker model. That, right, uh, right. 
which is for those who don't know it's it's more like a hand-picked you know they got friends in the industry that have bars but it's not you know anybody with a uh, with a draft system can just call up and order it's kind of like a hand-selected uh small group of other like yeah. kind of i mean in a way um although you would know better than i Although now you can uh, you can order Randy if you'd like a uh, a case of Cellar Maker to be delivered to your doorstep. It's uh, you can do statewide. that. Yeah, statewide. You can do that with uh, uh, at least in California. I don't know what other states are doing. And Randy, I don't know if you know it all either. But in yeah. California, we can a lot of the the laws have been relaxed a bit to uh, to make up for this COVID nineteen thing and. Um, <clears throat> At least, I'll, and I'll speak for my brewery or the brewery I work with, not my brewery. Uh, <clears throat> we're shipping uh, cases of beer throughout California, and um, that's not anything we were really able to do before. So it's uh, it's it's an interesting time. But if you're a beer drinker, and there's if if I mean check some places that, like say if there's a there's a brewery in your state that you've never tried before but you've always wanted to but they don't distribute in your area, take a look at their website. They might be doing that now. It's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, that is a state-to-state thing. Jordan and I were actually talking about that yesterday because, you know, California is still um, a state that doesn't allow growler fills outside of the menu, out of the producer's facility, right? So uh, yeah. up, in, uh, I think Oregon was the first state where there was bars where you, you can show up in, in five different jugs and get five different breweries beers <laughs> uh, filled to go. Where here in California, only the brewery that made the beer can actually fill a crowler or a growler to go. Uh, you can't go into a Whole Foods here and get a growler of Laughing Monk or 21st Amendment beer. That that would be illegal here. But uh, but to Rob's point, California um, Alcohol Beverage Control are, um, is our agency. They've de- basically decriminalized a lot of the, uh, a lot of these uh, a lot of these laws. That, that was one of my favorites is like I'm reading through that, Rob, and I'm thinking, well, so basically like open containers were just decriminalized. You could take road. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't push it, but kind of. Right, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Now, I mean, everything that comes out of our, we've always had takeaway at our brewery and everything that comes out of, of from, from our places, uh, either in a crowler, which is a 32 ounce can, which I have one, but it's not out here. Um, <clears throat> So it's just like a gigantic can, 32 ounces, and every or 12 ounce or 16 ounce cans. I beg your pardon. Um, and Patrick, yeah, I saw your message. I I I got you. I mean, I've I, I've got uh, a package in the process, and I'm gonna sh- I'm going to um, I was gonna say shrink wrap, but that's not what you did. You vacuum sealed those cans that you sent to me. That's a brilliant idea. So yeah, I will be uh, <clears throat> I will be uh, sending some. I owe I owe Patrick some beer. He sent me some some very nice beers. So oh, you, you you know what? I don't even think we ever told Eric and Jordan that. I owe Patrick more than some beer. You know, we had a show talking about Drew Estate and talking about Liga Privadas and unicorns, and I brought up the 10th anniversary oh. Liga Privada, and I was pining over this darn thing, saying it's the only unicorn that I've sought out and haven't been able to find. Patrick Larkin, guys, sent Rob and I each a Liga 10th anniversary. Now, the, the, the Facebook message came to Randy and I with, like, the show wasn't even done airing, and he had messaged, <laughs> like, I got you. Guys. 
So that was yeah, greatly appreciated. And that that uh, package came with some other stuff. There was some uh, there was some Crown Head stuff in there that I hadn't smoked yet. Some regional Crown Head stuff too. So nice. uh, Patrick, really appreciate that. You guys gotta so watch spend. out. That's a strong cigar. Which Ooh. one? That Liga. The tenth anniversary. Yeah. Oh, you guys have smoked it. That will knock well, you down. We, we talked about really? doing an episode going into season two with numbers that might uh, feature this one, but we'll see. How about um, how long can a beer keep flavors and body when you take a crowler to go? Oh, that's a really great question. Can I jump on that, bro? <laughs> Crowlers and growlers are going to be different, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. Th- okay, so let's start there. It's a, that's a good point. You, you know, uh, obviously you have a better chance to keep oxygen out of a crowler uh, than you do let's a growler. Explain what a growler a light- and a crowler is. Right. So, so a crowler is a 32 ounce aluminum can, just like Rob described. It's not going to be as airtight as a 16 or a 12 ounce because it's not going into a machine. It's literally an individual. They're typically filled out of the the faucet and um, and then put into the the lid uh, crimper that seals them up. So there is still more oxygen introduced to that than a typical 16 or 12 ounce can. But conversely, it's less surface to volume ratio. So they're they're pretty darn good at sealing. So you could park one of those away in your fridge for several weeks and be fine. Um, a growler, because they have the Grolsch style clamp on lid, most of the times, most of the growlers you see today at least, are, are the ones that have the, the clamp lid. There are still some half-gallon numbers that have a screw on, but um, but those are going to allow more oxygen in that stays in the vessel. It, while it's amber glass, typically, it's going to be somewhat protected of UV light, but some light still does get in. Um, but especially if it's those growler, the, the, um, the Grolsch-style clamp-on lids, those, if they don't seat perfectly on the top, they can be somewhat off-centered, and that'll allow gas in and out. Um, and so I wouldn't want one of those sitting in my fridge unopened for more than a week. But both vessels, whether you're talking about a crowler or a growler, once you open them, they should be consumed within hours. Okay. Yeah, um, you're done. Yeah, yeah, because if nothing else, you've left uh, ambient air in the vessel that the CO2 will escape Hello. escape from from the <laughs> liquid and and the beer will just go flat I, and and that's that's best case scenario it just goes flat but it will go flat pretty quickly um, mm-hmm. I get literally four hours later you're gonna notice a pretty significant difference uh, of carbonation uh, in the liquid and if you let it sit overnight it could also start to stale and pick up some oxidation flavors have some wet cardboard characteristics that so in that case, you should pretty plus. much just always op- opt for the crowler. Then why ever why ever bring your growler in? Not every place offers crowlers. You need a special machine to seal it. So I went in and grabbed. I had one in my fridge. So this is one of our crowlers. Now it's so it looks just like a can, right? I mean, same pop top, everything. But to give you reference, that's a 16 ounce can. I'm having a hard time getting into my camera here. Here, I'll just go. That's to your screen. There we go. That's 16 ounce next to a 32 ounce so and then on the back i mean at least for us it just says this is what it is this is when it was uh when it was canned so for the most part you want to like i'm guessing randy said within a week 
um, at the very, very, very longest. Um, I mean, for me, if I'm picking up a crowler at a place, I'm, I'm going to consume it within the next 42 hours or uh, well, 48 hours. Just so you're aware of what I told the audience, I said that a growler, definitely under a week. I said a crowler could probably be okay for a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, it could be. It depends on how well it was. And that's the other thing. It depends on how yeah, well it was, yeah. it was, it was filled, how much airspace is in there, yada, yada. So, but to your point, Jordan, in my experience, there's not a ton of breweries that still do both. You, you typically either lean into the crowler or the growler yeah. game. Um, and to Rob's point, it's a few thousand dollars for those. Um, these it, it, it's, it's a fun thing to watch. Uh, but you put the crowler on there, you literally just kind of set the lid down, and then it crimps the aluminum over to hold the head on. And so it spins it around, but that, that unit's a few thousand dollars that not everybody has. And, um, Randy, but typically it's oh, one or the other. We got a, uh, in audience question. Do you think, um, uh, gra- bombers, whatever, will ever come back or are they just kind of toast? No, I think, I think they're done. You know, when, when I first started selling beer for a living, when I went, when I transitioned from the brewing side to the sales side of things, bombers were the hottest things in the world. And at the time, craft was still kind of unknown. You know, it wasn't in the mainstream yet. And so it was a great sample opportunity is what we refer to it as. They also had a great margin for the breweries. And so they made, they made good money on them. Um, but the whole sample opportunity thing, it's kind of like beer festivals at this point. Is, you know, there, there, was, a, there was a stage of craft where we were trying to get into the mainstream kind of a radar of beer drinkers where, you know, a lot of beer drinkers that weren't really too sure about craft yet weren't ready to, you know, pay $10 for a six pack or a 12 pack of beer because they weren't sure if they were going to like it. You know, maybe they had drank beer like I was talking about in the early 90s when there was a lot of bad beer out there. And so there was a lot of trepidation and, and hesitation to, to, you know, go in and, and buy craft beer. I think we've moved past that. Uh, you know, all the young beer drinkers now don't even know that uh, that their dads never had a craft beer until they were in their 30s or 40s. And so, uh, so I, th- I think people are, are, are more apt to, to buy the larger pack sizes now. And so bombers, um, they're, they're, uh, they're a slower selling item. And so that, that's what a brewery typically uh, prioritizes is what's going to move faster so that when people do drink my beer, it's as fresh as can be. Because yep. that, that, that's what's going to make them successful with their customers if, if the customer had a great experience. So if you're putting bombers out there of an IPA, for instance, and it takes two months for that to sell through, the, the person that buys the last two bottles in that aren't going to have the same experience as the people that bought the first two two months ago. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I think stylistically there will always be those large format bottles, whether it's a 750 or a 22, but stylistically only. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Dominic uh, asked a question. Yeah. Uh, so Bob Bob Driscoll actually asked what a bomber was. Bob, a bomber is just a 22 ounce bottle of uh, of you know any beer. It's and, and we still in on the sales side of things, we still see those packages spike around the holidays. So when people are looking for guess, you know something yeah. to grab to go over to someone's house as, as a guest, they'll still grab the the barrel aged and and the sours and the bigger 
higher ABV beers that can age longer and don't have that same turnover concern. Six packs just sell much faster. Also, when you go to, uh, whether it's a liquor store or a grocery store, you'll see the section for 22-ounce bottles is about three feet of shelving versus 16 feet of six-packs. So there's... It, Four it's packs, just, mainly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, so there, there's just a lot more space, a lot more opportunity for breweries to get their beer out there in six-packs. And so that, that's been... Uh, that's been the trend, and I, I think that will continue. Yeah, barrel-aged beers and bombers, <clears throat> Tanner, that's that's a good point. I mean, the barrel-aged stuff is, has been available in bombers, and they, I think it always will be. <clears throat> I mean, um, but there's, you know, breweries are doing all kinds of different things nowadays. Uh, but, Randy, to get back to your holiday stuff to bring to a holiday party, you're hosting a holiday party, and one of your guests shows up with some crowlers from a local brewery. That's the guy you want to be friends with. Because he went out, and he got he went out and made a special trip just to get some beer to bring to your party. Uh, but let's get into this pairing because we haven't really talked too much about it. Uh, the cigar for me is holding pretty steady. It's definitely mild. It is <clears throat> got those toasty notes. That kind of sweetness has gone away a little bit, unfortunately. There's uh, some nutty notes in there, almost more of a almost like an almond kind of marzipan thing happening, but not that strong. Marzipan's a really strong flavor. Uh, not quite that strong of a flavor <clears throat> for me. Uh, definitely got the toasted bread notes, some cedar wood, um, some creaminess to it. A, a lot of things you expect out of just a really high-end Connecticut. And that's what we're smoking here. This is like, this is a really high-end, really nice, well-blended, well-balanced Connecticut cigar. Very classic uh, classic Connecticut. Uh, Randy, anything to add to that? Anything I'm missing or anything you're getting that I'm not? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is, um, is everything that you just described. Yeah. I'll, I will say for like intensity and body wise, this is one of the lighter cigars that I've ever smoked with this much flavor. Oh and yeah. That's it, a very good. It, point. It, yeah. No, the, the ratio is really, um, cause you, cause I've smoked some lighter cigars. Uh, I've said on the show before, I, I tend to go for the, bigger beefier uh, uh, profile myself but i've smoked some lighter ones but but usually the flavor intensity kind of goes along with that body this one is very very flavor forward for being as light as it is and bill you're uh bill powers just chimed in with a comment you're like a step ahead i was just thinking the same thing the the retro hail does have a little bit of oh. <laughs> kind of a kind of a white spice on it he said the, re the retro hail is beautiful and he's right it's got a a white pepper spice to it very um, just more heat really than flavor on that, but it's not super hot, but there's definitely some creaminess to that too, which sounds kind of weird to say a retro hail is creamy, but I, I don't know. It just, it kind of rounds out that whole creaminess, the creamy texture of the cigar. This, I want to pair this with, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so let's, let's talk about the beer and then talk about the pairing. And then we'll talk about what we'd like to pair the cigar with. <laughs> so uh again we we've already touched on this is an intensely bitter uh pale ale. I think um pale ales that I gravitated to more have more of that caramel sweetness, some of that mm -hmm. malty breadiness that I, I don't get much of here. I think the hops um and the the sharp bitterness uh kind of overrun some some of those softer bready uh barley uh, cereal type flavor notes that you would expect to find in a pale sure. ale. That's good. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I'd say it's a 
it's a very intense, highly intense uh, pale ale. Yeah, I, I find myself, um, <clears throat> I take a sip of the beer, I take a puff of the cigar, and then maybe a sip of Topo, and then another puff of the cigar to get an idea of what's really going on. So I think we could just maybe get this out of the way <laughs> right now and just say that it's. I'm going to give the pairing a thumbs down. The beer is just, the, the bitterness intensity is just too much. Uh, I also am going to give it a thumbs down as um, this. I was unaware of how intense, intensely bitter this pale ale would be. It's a it good is. beer. I would drink this beer. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't know that it would go with any cigar in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a fair, that, that's a fair point. It is To say it's intensely bitter is almost an understatement. And you'd think that that wouldn't be the kind of thing that we would be sensitive to is bitterness in our beer because, dude, we live in bitterness in our beer. That is, that's what moves the needle nowadays. It's like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when you needed to have a Lajero bomb to make a successful cigar. That's kind of how it is in the beer industry. It's like, um, yeah, I'm, well, yes, Chad, I made this beer. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not all that successful. Um, so, uh, Bill, Bill, what is your, remind us, Bill, what your pairing is. I think you were going with a Belgian. I was going to say a Belgian blonde, I think might be a nice pairing for this, like a, a lighter side Belgian blonde to get a little bit of that bready note from the yeast. I think that might work out really, really well. Um, <clears throat> anything like coffee, obviously, uh, creamed coffee, Randy, that, uh, creamed, uh, iced coffee that, uh, you make at your place would pair phenomenally with this, yep. uh, and I think we knew going into this that the pairing wasn't going to be that great. Uh, Z was just kind of a tough letter for us. Um, <clears throat> although we've got some plans for uh, Z for season two, so stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, yeah, this is it, this is a really really good cigar. If you're into this kind of cigar, if you want Lajero <clears throat> strength, you know, over the top flavor, over the top flavor, you might get. But you're not going to get that Lajero. You're not getting that strength. So you're gonna if you're going into this expecting, which you shouldn't, because it's mm. a, a Trappist Roquefort Ten. Randy, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, isn't the Ten would be the double though? No, that's the one with the smiling monk guy on there. Not not our smiling monk, but a different guy. Uh, the smiling monk would be. Oh no, the uh, Trappist one. It just has the. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It just has the circle with the number in it. Right, right, right. So I think the 10 is the double, right? I thought so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think we'll 8 look. would be the blonde. Yeah. I think that, to me, sounds like that would be a great pairing for this, if you wanted to yeah, go with it. Uh, you go with Grimbergen or um, uh, the, um, what's, what's the, uh, Lef is uh, really well known, or Leffa, L-E-F-F-E. Oh, yeah, I know strike. that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably the most... Uh, uh, well-distributed Belgian blonde in America. I always thought it was Effie, a sign on L. No. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> uh, what about a, a fruit-type beer for this? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, 11.2 ABV, Bill. That's uh, that's definitely, that's probably a triple. If it's yeah, 11.2. And maybe yeah. even a triple might work with this. If it's a, a milder triple in flavor. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that um, still it would probably have a little more uh, spice. That yeah. then would be appropriate for this cigar. It's it's flavor forward, but but lightly fla like 
on the lower end of intensity as far Respect, as that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's flavor forward, but uh, it's not over the top. I think maybe a Kolsch might be a nice pairing too. Oh yeah, for nice, sure. A nice clean pairing. Um, so I think that kind of wraps up this uh, particular cigar, this particular pairing. Um, this has been a fun episode, though. We've talked about crowlers and, and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, Eric, you want to let us know what's going on with uh, Smoke Night Live this Friday? Yeah, so uh, this Friday night should be a fun night. Uh, we have uh, Miguel Chaudel from Crown Heads will be one of the guests, and Jonathan Carney of LFD oh, that's a good, that's will a nice be... Duo. Yeah, so... Yeah. You know, we're at the point now where um, we're just going to ha- – it's almost going to be just like a live herf, just kind of hanging out, talking to these fellas. Uh, we've had both of them on the show individually several – or at least a couple times. So I thought we'd uh, bring a couple guys on just to kind of maybe just have some fun and, and rap, and maybe we'll have a, a, a nice prize or two to give away on the show. Um, and we got a bunch of stuff – There's guys, this is crazy. Like, as soon as soon as soon as all this started, you know that, like – like a million virtual lounges opened up. I mean, I think the dojo might have been first, but it doesn't matter. And I'm glad that a, a bunch of them opened up because guys are going where they want to go and having having a good time. But the other unexpected consequence of all of this stuff going on is people have been contacting me left and right. Hey, can I be on the show? Can I be on the show? We're looking for things to do. Da 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 da. da. So like, I've got like a ton of guests that um, want to be on the show that have. You know, never even asked before, so it's kind of interesting. I know on the 24th of April, we'll have Alan Rubin on the show, too. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so that's fun. And then we've got a bunch of other guys that are just trying to pick the right Friday that works for them. But this Friday night, it'll be Jonathan Carney and uh, Miguel Chaudel. The Those master two of, the of funnest states. guys. Two of the funnest guys to talk to. In oh, yeah, they're great. That it's a, it'll be a really really fun show. And you're you're gonna cover a myriad of topics. Yes. Yeah. I, mostly I, steaks and hats. Hopefully we won't talk. <laughs> hopefully there will be Sorry. no serious talk whatsoever. We plan to do like a complete hour of just whatever. So it'll be fun. I'd now, like you uh, to challenge John Carney that he says that he prefers steaks, not sous vide. But that his favorite steakhouse in the yeah. world pairs of sous vide. That didn't that deeper, that actually happened I, on our show, right? Isn't that right, Randy? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I had him on the. You know, I asked him. I was like, hey, "Do you like sous vide steak?" Because he's a. I don't know if you guys. Know, if you don't know Jonathan Carney, he's the La Florida Minute kind of guy, and he's a super great guy. I mean, he's one of the funniest, coolest dudes you'll ever see on any, you know, meet anywhere. And I asked him on our show live. I was like, "Hey, do you like sous vide?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't really like sous vide." And then I was, and then it turned out that like his favorite steak was from a steakhouse that sous vide's all their steaks. So it was kind of interesting. And that's what Randy's bringing up. It'll be fun. <laughs> I hopped uh, in the uh, in the dojo uh, lounge. <clears throat> Maybe it was last week after the show, and and John was in there, and we were talking. Man, we were going down memory lane talking about some old school cigars, like back when I first started. The stuff that AJ was making for. Um, you know, CI and, and all those different cigars. That was a lot of fun to just kind of talk about. It, it wasn't, I mean, he works for a particular brand, right? But we weren't just talking about his brand. We were talking about all kinds of other stuff. It was a lot of fun. It was just cigar guys talking about cigars that they love to smoke. And that, I just had a blast just chatting with him. Yeah, Carney's the man. He's super cool. 
Other, so, uh, other than the fact Eric, he's a Patriots fan, I mean that's. You know, well, nobody, I, I was nobody. gonna say, but he's a Boston. Fan, yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, we'll give him. A, a, we'll cut him some a, slack on that. He's a Buccaneers fan now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that how that works? You got those split hats like they yeah. did back in '89, Randy. Those things were uh, fantastic. Hayes well, on one side, Giants on the other. Um, Eric, are we gonna do another movie night? Now, there was a movie night on Monday. So there was with, a, mo- uh, a movie day. Yeah, it was a Netflix was party, day, and uh, it turned out it was just me and Bill CD watching the show. <laughs> I was the only two people, but it was fun, anyways. I'd actually never seen that movie, and so I didn't really care. It turned out that nobody joined in. I guess Monday is not a good day to do that. <laughs> Monday in the middle of the day, but um, yeah, we'll think of another movie and and do more of that. Uh, I mean, heck, we got nothing to lose at this point. I mean, just hanging out and. Uh, and watching a movie is, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, we'll do some more of that uh, soon, I'm sure. I'll probably pick a different day. Uh, the, the, the Thursday, the first time we did it, there was a lot of people doing it. But then uh, this, this maybe I just picked a bad movie. I guess nobody likes The Hangover. But it was, I thought it was funny. Uh, the Hangover was great. Yeah, was can sad. I make a request for the next movie that we do? Uh, yeah, you are not doing a horror movie, Rob. Can it be Dodgeball? If it's oh, on ooh, Netflix. Dodgeball would be great. If it's on Netflix. It, can I you really dodge a wrench. I, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, exactly. Dodgeball is so great. It is. It's so great. I, I recently rewatched that for the first time in years. It's just so, mm. dude, Jason Bateman's little his character. He's just the the commentary guy for the Ocho. Was amazing. Now, it's so does great. This has to be done on a desktop. Can't do it on an iPad, right? It has to be done on a laptop or a desktop computer in the Chrome browser. Uh, so that like you know you can't do it on your phone. You can't do it on your iPad. It you know I get, I get it guys this is it's a lot it's of people perfect. a lot of people a don't have Netflix and a lot of people aren't gonna do it on but that's just the way it works so if if you can do it fine and if not that's fine too it's just a, kind of something fun to do no 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 pressure no big deal. Well, I signed up for Netflix again after not having it for a couple of years. I have a black box, so I get all the channels anyways. Um, but I signed up for Netflix just to join your guys' uh, Netflix party, so I do hope to see some people on there. I will uh, plan to be in attendance. I, I Randy, uh, how about my... how about this, Randy? Randy, yeah, I will let you pick a movie. Sp- 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 specifically, it would have to be Disney Plus, though. And <laughs> and you'll have to be on. How's that? You tell me a Netflix movie. And we'll do it regardless of the pick, and we'll do it. So just let me know, and we'll we'll set that up. All right. Well, I mean, now Rob's got me wanting to see Dodgeball, man. I, he's he's right, Cotton. It, it was a bold uh, strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, it does not appear that Dodgeball is available oh, on Netflix. Oh, but, all right. But Step Brothers is. Yeah, Step Brothers. That's that funny. I just watched excellent. that recently, like uh, maybe a month ago. So we could, we could do that one. We could do that one, Rand. You, Robbie, you have to be on if we do it, Robbie, because that's your, oh, be your pick. I'm totally. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll host. All right. Deal. It'll be fun. So, it. yeah. So, that's so okay. So, we, we came to the end. I feel like I should have something profound to say because we're letter Z, but I really <laughs> don't have anything profound to say. This was a lot of fun. Like, I've... It... When we initially came up with the idea of of doing a pairing show, and, and I mean Randy and I and Eric and Jordan, we all talked about it. Just want to do. We don't want to do the same thing. And so, what makes it a little bit different? Well, we kind of were constrained by the alphabet. And so, uh, on the surface, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But when you're, we were constrained by the alphabet and by beer because beer is super regional. 
And it's beer, in a way, is kind of going back, you know, a thousand years when it was just, you know, you had your local brewery and you know what that beer was and that was it. Like you, yep. before beer was, you know, before there was ice and, you know, transporting trucks and, uh, you know, uh, trains and all that stuff. But um, it, it's kind of interesting that, that beer has really, while moving forward, has also kind of gone back in time. Um, so that has really been kind of a, a, a hamper on what we've been able to do as far as uh, pairing. So w when season two rolls around, and we are going to go back through the, the alphabet again in season two, and we're going to stick with beer and cigars, we may get a little bit more um, uh, regional with, with the uh, – there was a question there that I was trying to read and talk at the same time. I couldn't do it. Uh, well, Terrence, Terrence just real quick, uh, Robbie, just I don't want to yeah. interrupt you, but – Terrence had said, are you going to pick a best pairings from the season? Which leads me to the question I was just about to ask when Terrence posted that to both of you guys. Can you think back just on this season, A to Z, uh, either one of you, I hate to put you on the spot, but like, was there like one pairing that stands out for either of you that was like exceptional? Like one that was just like, wow, that was, that was a really, really good pairing. I'm going to cheat. Pull up the list. That's yeah, I'm idea. also pulling up the list, but 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 I'll tell you, right off the top of my head, I do remember specifically that we thought one that we thought was gonna be good, but then it was still better than we anticipated was the um, Tatuaje Mexican Experiment Two with the Twenty First Amendment yeah. um, uh, Monk's Blood Belgian Quad. And I swear that has no bias to do with the fact that I work for Twenty First Amendment. That was an exceptional pairing. I remember us both kind of getting off the air and being like, dang, this is really, really good. Yeah, you are. I think, and we, we Randy and I were just talking about this earlier today. We referenced this particular beer seven or eight times throughout the season. And it happened to be episode one. It was the Anchor Porter and the uh, Fuente Añejo. And I don't remember the size of the Añejo. I think it was a 46 uh, that we smoked in that show. But that was probably my favorite pairing of the year. Uh, I remember saying at the time, like, wow, this is really good. And then as the season went on, how that Anchor Porter is so good to pair with cigars. It's such a perfect expression of that American Porter style. Like, they kind yeah. of invented it, right? So I guess no. it makes sense that it's a perfect ex uh, expression of that. It's a little bit, I'm not going to say roasty, Randy, because that's not the right word. I learned that in episode one. It's a little bit uh, earthy, maybe is a good way to put it. I don't know what the term I'm looking for is, but it's as a little chocolate bit chocolate notes as a darker, some chocolate ro in there. darker roast. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. Just paired so so well. Phenomenal beer, phenomenal cigar. Uh, there was another one in there. Yeah, we uh, started strong with that one. Like you did. said, I, I, there there must be five different shows throughout these 26 or 25 after it. That we went back and been like, you know what would have been a really good beer to pair with this? That, that anchor porter. <laughs> and another and we must another have done five or six different porters, but it was always the anchor porter that we went back to. That was yeah, that was the one. Another beer that we referenced a lot was that uh that barrel aged uh brown ale from Founders, the Underground Mountain with the coffee in it. And we paired that with the Illusione Hot Ten. That was probably that was right up there too, because those, that's a phenomenal beer, phenomenal cigar. The pairing was great. That that particular beer, it's seasonal, so you can only find it like in the fall, I guess. 
but that was another one that that's a beer that pairs so, so well with so many cigars. Uh, Chad wants to know, okay, so now can you think of some of one or two that was maybe the worst pairing? That doesn't mean that the uh, cigar's bad or the beer's bad. Just just uh, pairing itself Z was not good. Was probably <laughs> my letter Z was terrible. <laughs> um, I'm scrolling through here. Uh, that vanilla milkshake from oh, McKellar with yeah. that uh, Perdomo uh, 12-year vintage, vintage 12-year Maduro, that was tough. And it's just that beer is so, 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 so sweet. So sweet. It if was, you literally took a, a Snickers bar and put it into a pot and melted it. And then and boiled it down <laughs> to where it was like a syrup. <laughs> I mean, add some was, alcohol to it. That's virtually what we had there. And really, uh, and if we want to get, so we can go way all the way back to the first pairing that we did was the 21st Amendment El Suli and the, uh, the Intemperance uh, EC from Roma. That was, uh, that cigar was just, it, it just crushed that beer. That was tough because that's a that's a pretty solid beer. It's it's a that's a, a Mexican style lager, yeah. Yes, if memory serves. And so that's I mean, that might pair pretty well with the Zeno that we're smoking Absolutely. to put give yeah. you some perspective. And that Intemperance, even though it is an Ecuadorian Connecticut, it still has uh, a lot more strength and body than than uh, this particular cigar does. So those would probably be two of my uh, least favorites. I'm but sure those that... will those will be ones, and and we haven't given it away yet. But um, we will be going in these wild card episodes. Uh, we do have um, two episodes that Rob and I are excited to do, where we did have some great components that didn't not pair well with the other component, and so we're gonna we're gonna take another swing at some of those, and uh, and try and do uh, proper justice to a, a really good beer and a really good cigar that just didn't work out with the pairings that we were limited to with the alphabet so do we randy do you want to uh let's just since you said that <clears throat> i'm going off the cuff here let's uh, announce what next week's pairing is going to be since we're on that topic let me find this particular yeah. cigar and yeah, this eric, was <laughs> that was something that you know eric, eric i i you know eric and i talked about it rob and i talked about it today and we lined up all the shows that we're going to do, but what we never thought to do was actually like decide what order we're going to do them in. Well, <laughs> well, we're, we're deciding right now. Yeah, so that's, just one, go for it, I say. You know, hey. This one we know. This was a pairing that we did. This was episode K, where we did the Kostritzer Schwartz beer, which we really enjoyed, and the Killer Bee Connecticut from Blackworks, which we really enjoyed. But we felt like they just, it was a terrible pairing because the beer just completely, or I beg your pardon, the cigar completely crushed that beer. So we are going to revisit that particular cigar, the Killer Bee Connecticut, and we are going to pair it, Randy, with the Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. What brought you to pick that beer, you guys? I mean, that's an interesting combination. It sounds delicious. What, what, what drove you to, to go with that beer? Because it sounded delicious. <laughs> there we go. That, that was, so we, we, we talked about that cigar, and that's, it's a Connecticut but it's kind of a Connecticut in name only, yeah? It's got so much going on. I think there's, uh, it's a Connecticut over... A Maduro binder, probably. Yeah, I think, I think it's got a Maduro yeah. binder, and, and it's there's just a ton going on. And Randy and I were just kind of spitballing, and it really was just a stream of consciousness thing. And Rand, you just, Randy, you just spouted that beer out. You're like, oh, we should do this. And you you know, it was so partially, it was, about it, but yeah. it was partially to... on my mind ever since the other day when we did, um, we did... 
Shit, I don't even remember. But uh, Eric and Jordan ended up getting the Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout uh, in lieu of whatever English beer we were pairing with whatever cigar. And um, and I don't know. Sam Smith's was on the top of my mind. It was uh, It's a brand. I know a lot of people commented that night when uh, Eric, you, and Jordan were, were, were drinking that. That was one of my first favorite craft brands. Uh, back before American Craft had taken its its position in in the throne, and uh, and I have a lot of respect for for Samuel Smiths as they were always in clear glass bottles, and were really reluctant to change that because they had these beautiful, brilliantly clear uh, brown to to black colored beers that they were really proud of the color and the visual you got with the clear glass. But the reality was it wasn't as good of a closure. You got skunky characteristics from the light strike. Um, and so they switched to amber glass. And now their beer tastes as good here in America as it does over in England. And so I, I, I think it, I was partially influenced by, uh, by Eric and Jordan having uh, that oatmeal stout uh, as part of the show the other day. But I, I, I just love that nut brown. I, I'm, I'm hoping that. We do justice to a cigar that, to Rob's point, we loved the cigar, we loved the beer, they just didn't work well together. And so we're going to try and make some lemonade out of some lemons that we came up with in season one. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be next Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have uh, the, rest of the, <clears throat> the rest of the schedule. It's, it's planned out for the most part, but we'll have everything posted up so you guys can, uh, can um, prepare in advance as best as you can. And I say this when I do the lives. If you can't get the same pairing, just grab whatever, whatever you've got, whatever works for you and just pair along with us. Cause that's ultimately what we want to do is hang out and smoke with you guys. And that way you can chime in and tell us what you're pairing. And it might be something that we've never even thought of that would work. And maybe we'll do that on a, on a, a show in the future. Who knows? But um, yeah, if you get a chance to get your hands on that Samuel Smith, nut Brown and the killer bee Connecticut, uh, then uh, you can pair along with us next Wednesday. Um, but if not, just grab whatever you got <clears throat> and we'll go from there. But I uh, want to thank you guys so much for making season one, even though season one's not really done yet until these uh, wildcard episodes are done. But this first trip to the alphabet uh, has been, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind how quickly it seems to have, have happened, but it's been uh, a ton of fun. And Randy, I learned so much about beer from you. Um, I'm going to have you as my, uh, my emergency call when I'm taking my Cicerone test. I'm allowed to do that, right? I can have a, a lifeline to somebody. Three, three lifelines, I believe. Is three the... lifelines. Can you be all three? <laughs> I shall have, I'll have Randy, I'll have you and your wife and your kid as one, and then whenever I call, you just answer. Perfect. 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 Absolutely. It, it doesn't work that way at all. Actually, no, you get no life. But uh, anyway, by the end of, hopefully by season three, I'll be able to spout off all this stuff just like Randy does. That would be, uh, that would be a success for me. Uh, Randy, any words of wisdom or pearls as we wrap up episode Z? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was deep. Awesome. <laughs> I, I think we need to uh, – does Jordan have a mic? He does. I do. Jordan, Here I am. <laughs> Look at you. you got a nice haircut. It looks good. Yeah, haircut from home. Shaving. And anything, anything to contribute? Um, no. 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 Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Glad we brought this. We brought the season to a screeching halt. Anyway, that's uh, that's episode Z. Uh, unfortunately, it was a thumbs down. Um, the components in independent of each other are fantastic together. Not so much. But uh, we will be back with you guys 
next Wednesday at, I think we're going to go live again, right? As next Wednesday. Sounds good uh, to me. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, as the Odyssey continues. Thank you.